Welcome to another edition of DLO After the Show. Um, I know that we've been on a bit of a Christmas break, but we wanted to take a moment to bring you guys a little special treat. I'm Kenny, your host. Uh, well, actually, I, oh, I messed it up again. But uh, we normally <laughs> do the whole, I, I, I got it right like the last two episodes. But I am <laughs> Kenny, joined by my lovely <laughs> wife. Natasha. And uh, we are joined today by the very, uh, another special guest. I know we had Kristen Booth last time. And now we have the ever lovely Crystal Lowe. How are you doing today? <laughs> so I know that w- we have been trying to get this uh, interview nailed down <laughs> for for a few weeks now. Not as and I'll say not as difficult as trying to get uh, Eric Mabius, uh, but I know he's been very very busy. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. we, you know we were supposed to do this about a month ago, and then I think a week ago, and we finally got the everything all all the planets aligned, <laughs> and we are here now. Yes. Um, so yes. again, welcome to the show. Um, we are very happy to have you here. <clears throat> Pardon, I don't know why my voice just cracked like I'm in puberty or something. It's really, really weird. Um, but uh, we want to just go ahead and just uh, get started a little bit with a few questions, um, and then we, you know, see where the conversation goes. Uh, first and foremost, I know there's a bit of synergy here because you're a BC girl, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so, so is my wife. I'm I'm from Florida, so I, I'm. <laughs> I'm not. What, what part of BC are you from? Uh, Northwestern. So I lived way up. I was three hours from the Alaskan border, in a little oh, wow. town. I was five hours north of Prince George. Wow. <laughs> so I was way Crazy. up there. <laughs> yeah, you know it's funny because people. I talk about Canadians, and I'm like, I'm a Canadian, but I'm not like a real Canadian. <laughs> What's that mean? I was like, you know, like. I grew up in Vancouver, so it feels like I'm like a city for, I don't, you know, when you go to like, you know, further, you're like, oh, these are real Canadians. These, these people really do hunt this. They wear plaid, and not to be ironic, not to be hipsters, because everybody wears plaid there. And, you know, like, it's a real thing. Yes. You know, we, they really have maple syrup. Like, it's that's real. <laughs> but I'm from the city, so it doesn't feel as... Well, I that. was telling him, you know, if if we start talking about B- BC, people are like, oh, you're from BC, so I live here. And I'm like, Yep, because I live yeah. in BC. I know where <laughs> everywhere is. No, yes. I don't. <laughs> I know. That's what people think. But, uh, you know, and I mean, I've been up to BC twice, right? Yeah. Twice. I've been up to BC twice, up where she lived in, uh, up by Smithers and uh, yeah. a couple of areas up there. And I absolutely love it. Um, that's why I think I kind of love where we live right now. We live a little bit mountains. out in the country and mountains and everything. That's, you know, I grew up by the beach and I much prefer mountains now. So, so yes. Oh, interesting. Absolutely. But I did see, uh, you know, uh, we're going to test how accurate, because, you know, I, I like to listen to a lot of interviews of people that I, I'm about to interview, and I also like to try to do as much reading as possible to see if I get as much accurate information as possible. So we're going to test IMDb and Wikipedia a little <laughs> bit here. Um, but uh, it said that, uh, well, r- real quick, just something that I'm very, very interested in, um, that your mother is Scottish and your father's Chinese? Yes, my mother is from Scotland, Glasgow. Oh, wow. Um, I call them my, I forget, but they're my white family. So, like, I call, and that's what I call them, my white family. Um, and and my mom is white with red hair and freckles. And my whole white side is, like, as white as you can get. Um, and they immigrated to um, Vancouver. My grandfather was a pastor, a Baptist pastor. And so he ended up being part of a church that was in Vancouver. And then... My dad, my came over from Hong Kong um, to study in Vancouver, and they met at a corner store, of course, that he was working at called Lowe's, you know, Lowe's convenience store. Which That's is hilarious. <laughs> so they they were married, and then you know that t- at that time too, you know, there wasn't a lot of mixed race. Uh, I mean, you know, if there were, it wasn't really talked about too much. So um, that was interesting growing up. But I, I. I my parents uh, are split now, and my mom is remarried to my my stepdad, who is really my father. He's my he's my rock. Um, but I had a really cool upbringing because I, you know, my Christmas is involved um, waking up in the morning and then opening all the presents, and then we would go to church, and then I would spend it with my white family, like the daytime, and then at nighttime I would go see my Chinese family, and we would have a big Chinese dinner at a restaurant. Nice. So. So that's because Chinese people don't celebrate like white people celebrate, you know, right. they, or they do, but it's, it's different. They eat Chinese food and whatever. So, yeah, so that's how my that's how I celebrated Christmas. That's awesome. But I got the best of both worlds. 
You know, it's uh, just because of the synergy there. I remember um, a Christmas story and how after everything uh, went awry, they end up at the Chinese food restaurant at the very end of the movie. That's the best. Yes, the best. So, and and Uh the way you described your mother, I'm just thinking of Brave and uh, Mirida with the red hair, the freckles, the whole nine. The whole, my whole life, all my aunts, whenever you see, like, whenever I, you know, have events and my friends always see my aunts and my mother always like, when my husband met my mom for the first time, he um, thought I was lying. He thought I was pulling a practical joke. He's like, that's not your mom. I was like, no, it's, that's my mom. He was like, no, that's can't, that can't be your mom. I was like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, you know? Yeah. Well, what's funny is. And I don't really look like either of them. My sister and I look alike, but I don't look like either parent really. But I'm. But if you talk to my mom, we're the same. It's like our personalities are the same. Well, and it's funny because you're saying that your husband didn't really think that uh, she was your mother. And I'm looking at, you know, again, looking at IMDb, which we were just talking about right before we got connected. I think it's hilarious that IMDb uh, says that your trademark is long brown hair and a tan. <laughs> that, that's your tra- <laughs> Well, I guess if I'm going to trademark something, I mean... <laughs> Better than other things that I could have trademarked, I guess. What a strange. Who makes? Who decides that? I don't know. There's a lot of. There's just a lot of weird people online that just go in and fill in information. Um, but uh, okay, so uh, you lived over in Hong Kong for a while, yeah? I lived there for two years, and I learned learned how to speak Chinese. I speak Cantonese. Um, I lived in. We lived in a very tiny apartment that we shared with my Chinese grandparents, and my Chinese grandma doesn't speak English. Well, she pretends she doesn't speak any English, but she speaks a little bit. But she, her rule was, you know, if you don't speak Chinese, you don't eat because she was the one cooking. So I was like, um, and I sure learned quick. <laughs> You're like, I got to eat. So <laughs> if she's like, you want to ask for food? Then ask me in Chinese. You know, so I, I learned that way. And my sister speaks it pretty fluently as well. Too. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, with that, I know that, well, I mean, We've talked about food a fair bit already, you know, Christmas dinner and then uh, your grandmother. Um, now, I saw that you and your husband ran a uh, restaurant, yeah? Yeah. Now, yep. did I see that? Did I, hear that you guys sold, did I hear that you guys sold it? We did. It's still there. It's still operating under Hyde, I think. Um, what type of yeah, cuisine was it? I mean, sorry? What type of cuisine was it? It was comfort food, and um, it was kind of like, it was loosely like an Alice in Wonderland dark Alice in Wonderland kind of little restaurant. And I had um, performers. I had burlesque performers. I had uh, comedians that would come in and do stand-up comedy um, and singers. And it was a very tiny little spot. It was only, I think, 60 seats all together with a patio. And um, I really opened it. I I had always wanted to have a bar. I don't know why. I was like, I'm going to do this. And I'd worked in, in the food industry for years and years and years before that, too. So it just made sense. And I'd always... I've owned small businesses since I was... 18 I think oh, wow. I had a modeling agency I ran a burlesque a company that I, I went took a tour with all the girls and I, I pr- produced shows for them um, that's not on IMDb and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, and, uh, it was called Sneaky Kiki's Girlesque it was fantastic that's really, fun. really cool I had um, what else did I have I had an event planning company as well for a little while so I've always had small businesses and that was the first time I ever wanted to open a storefront and see what that was like mm-hmm. um, and it's so much work. Restaurants are crazy. Plus, my husband and I um, built it as well. Like, we did all the renovations ourselves. Nice. So we were opening the restaurant from, like, 11 till, God, 11 till midnight. We would go home and sleep for three hours. and we would come back at 4 in the morning and renovate together. I mean, the fact that we're still together, pretty <laughs> shocking. Because I thought I was going to kill him many times during that process. Um but here we are. Well, you know, in years still there. Nice. We we ran a business over yep. in Georgia for about eight years, and one one you know we started it uh, pretty much out of necessity. It was right around when everything crashed in two thousand eight, so it was yeah. one of those things where, uh, you know, we said oh, probably about midway through, it's like you know what, if a couple can start a business together and stay together <laughs> throughout the the duration of the business, they're solid for life, um, because they, yep. You do everything from the ground up, and you do everything together, yeah. and you make and those you decisions. And you don't always agree. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were, you know, part of the reason we sold it, too, we, we were joking and not joking, but I said, you know, I really don't want to be talking about ordering 
more forks during intimate moments. And that's happening. You know, <laughs> it's happening where we're in an intimate moment. I'm like, wait, wait, did you order the salad thing? And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, you know, I feel like this is time we should pull the plug during that because <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> There's some things that need to be left private. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, uh, you know, once you put that, uh, now were you, you were in the middle of your acting career while the restaurant was going on as well, wasn't it? So. Yes. I, I, I think I booked Primeval, which was a, a series regular that I was doing mm -hmm. and I had the restaurant. I, yeah, I did. And then I booked Sign Sealed. And when I booked Sign Sealed, I was like, I, I, I cannot do I can't do both, which is also part of the reason why we let it go. Mm. Um, but the restaurant served its purpose for me already. The, the restaurant taught me that I wanted to produce, which I didn't know I wanted to do. Mm. Um, and then I wanted to direct and, and taught me that I could find money because um, I, I have a high school education. I never went to post-secondary. And so I had never known how to write a business plan or anything like that. So I'm self-taught. So I went online and Googled business plan. I'm not joking. Yeah. <laughs> taught myself how to write a business plan. I've taught myself how to get funding. I got money for that restaurant. My husband brought in half. I brought in half. And nice. restaurant funding is like, they're 95, they're 90 percent failure rate. So it's very hard to get money for them. Mm -hmm. um, and so what that did was it proved to me that I could do, I was like, oh, I can do more than, you know, not that I don't, I love acting, but it, you know, I, I have the ability to do more and I like doing more. So um, I think that taught me that I I love film. I love storytelling. That's really where my heart is. So if I'm going to spend 15 hours a day doing something, it needs to be behind a camera or in front of a camera or around storytelling. I was about to say, when do you sleep? Because uh, <laughs> I don't think I don't. You, you're backlogged. <laughs> you know, people, I mean, I, I think that's just my personality. It's always been my personality. I don't, I can't, you know, stop moving sometimes to a fault and I have to force myself to go to the Korean spa, which isn't such a bad thing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, and yeah, I get a massage and relax. Cause it's, I want to keep creating, especially now. I'm, I don't know. I think, I don't know if you guys saw on Twitter, but, um, and I wanted to tell you guys to tell the audience, but I'm going to put this on Twitter later. I saw the film, the hate you give. Have you seen this? Uh, yeah. I have not seen it yet. It is on my list. I did see that you uh, made a post about it and I think I retweeted yeah. it cause it looks amazing. It is. So that was a film that I went and saw that I was like, oh, yeah, this is why I tell story. This is what I want to do. This is what affects change. This is what shows the world um, perspective from different points of view, from understanding. Like, it made my whole heart happy again. And I was like, no, I got to keep telling these stories. So I actually want to tell you, you can put on your podcast, but I'm going to be putting it on Twitter. For anybody that goes and watches that film and can show a ticket, takes a photo of himself with their ticket or with the film itself, I will personally write them a thank you card and mail it to them. Okay. Oh, we'll, wow. we'll definitely, and I'll definitely put that out there as well. And whenever you, whenever you tweet it, I'll retweet that as well, because you know, there are right. some movies that, uh, and some stories that are told that just have, so much uh it, it it feels heavy and sometimes it's a good heavy sometimes it's a i'm never watching that movie again heavy um <laughs> yeah. but 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 still it, it's poignant storytelling um especially and, for now it's stuff that needs yes. to happen now <laughs> yeah and i think what, well i think what's missing is you know we we really don't understand people's point of view mm -hmm. and so like i'm in the business of empathy Right. My job is to have empathy for every character I play, never judge them and try to just understand them. Mm -hmm. That's my job is to portray them in a way that goes, OK, I, I so I have to look into where people are coming from all the time. Mm -hmm. But your average person who doesn't do that for a living doesn't. You know, we kind of get stuck in our own like, well, that's I don't like that point of view or that's yeah. okay, it makes me uncomfortable or this is the only way I've ever seen it. And so those kind of films and this kind of storytelling is crucial because the film is beautiful um, yeah, I know people will look at the subject matter and be like, oh, well, I don't know, maybe too dark, or might, you know, it's not, it, it will make you understand people's point of view. And that's how we can move forward. Yes. <laughs> we can't really move forward until we try to really understand where someone else is coming from. And films like that, those kind of films are like, oh, okay. I see somebody else's point of view and it's done so beautifully. It was, you know, I, I went into, I didn't know what it was about. And I went in there at 11 a.m with a lot of makeup on and I had no makeup by the time I came out of that. I was like, and I talked to the director and was like, thanks a lot. You owe me a face full of makeup. Because it's like whoosh. But it was so beautiful, you know, and I didn't stop thinking about it for, even now I'm still thinking about it. I'm, I'm, you know, 
I'm not attached to the film. I have nothing to do with the film. And I still want to offer this to people just to get people to see it because that's how much it impacted me. And that's the kind of stories I want to tell. And Sign Sealed is the inspiration for that because of the way Martha story tells. Mm-hmm. You know, she really finds a way to reach people about huge, massive issues. Yeah. Um, but it's her, her way is done like, you know, it's like a butterfly. You don't even know that it's yeah, graced exactly. you and it's graced you, you know. <laughs> right. And you walk away and you're like, oh, wow, I really, that sunk in. You know, Art to the Altar was a big one, dealing with mental illness. Yeah. Yes. Martha is, is the, you know, she just finds a way to, to touch people and, and make people feel loved and accepted and understood. And, and that's the best way to move forward. Well, see, with Signs Healed, you know, I mean, we'll move into that portion of the interview because um, that's a perfect segue. You know, you might have a, you might, you might have a, a future in this business a little bit here. Um, but uh, with Signs Healed, you know, we started uh, re-watching the shows with doing DLO after the show. And uh, mm-hmm. one of the most more recent ones that we rewatched was um, uh, the one where the uh, soldier uh, saved the um, the Middle Eastern girl, and then she ended up going on to college. And then you know we, we called that episode the ripple effect um, because, like you said, her uh, Martha storytelling is really poignant when it comes to it, it, you know it, it'll start one place and it'll take you into a complete and total different area and by the time you're done watching it you're like oh my god <laughs> yeah. you know i mean yeah. and, and in a good way because you realize just how true these stories are and how uh-huh. th- that they have like you know i mean their hallmark movies are great Hall, you know hallmark tv shows are great but a lot of them are just you know like stories that you would see in a book a lot of the stories right. that have come with Science Hill delivered, you can actually see happening. You know, you can actually see that these stories would be something that would actually occur. Uh, and again, yeah. to the altar was, or you know, with talking about mental, uh, you know, mental health, that's been something that is not talked about nearly enough. Um, no. And you know, when a lot of people, I mean, growing up in the '80s and the '90s, mental illness was always schizophrenia. Mental illness was always right. manic depression, or no, not even depression. They would just say manic or bipolar. But they don't talk right. about anxiety, like extreme anxiety. Well, I think with, with to the altar, it was handled so so delicately and so so beautifully that you didn't even mm-hmm. first of all you didn't even see it coming and then when it got mm-hmm. to that place and that's what it was it was like a you could eat not that i have any issues accepting it because it's part of of our family itself but it's it was this this thing that you could say okay i get it i accept that it's something that, that yeah. was just so natural after watching that yeah. and the progression so, yeah. so, so yeah, it, it's uh, with that, you know, and again, going back and listening to a couple of other interviews uh, that you've that you've done. Um, for one, I really love the fact that you based uh, your character Rita on uh, Buddy the Elf, um, <laughs> which, which it's again, true. part that's part that is really honestly because when I when I first booked the role, I was like, what. I'm getting fired for sure. <laughs> I was waiting to get fired at any minute. I didn't, and I had, I was up for another series. I had tested for another show and um, I was really contemplating taking that show. So but Martha called me and said, because she kind of called me and I was like, I don't want to answer. Because then if she calls me, I can't say no, you know, and that's <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Right. But that show was a sci-fi show and I'd already been in that world. Whereas I, I'd never been comedic work. I'd never been in this kind of, I never played a character like Rita. Mm-hmm. Um, and she called me and said, look, if you do this, I will write for you every day and I will make your life heaven when you come to work. Oh, wow. And I mean, you don't say no to that. And no. you don't say no to Martha, I realize now. Um, so I said yes. And then during the pilot, I still was so like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't know how to play this. And Boothie will tell this. I don't know if she told the story. It's really funny. When, when I first walked into um, the read-through, she looked at me and was like, oh, hi. Because the character description of Rita was very different. So she looked at me and she knew Scott Smith, the director. Mm-hmm. She didn't see me see this, but she looked over at Scott and said, what is happening? And she didn't all, say that. She I saw her say that. that. Did you say about me? And all I wanted to do was reach over the table and say, 
I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to get fired. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here. You know, like, and she goes, you saw me do that? I was like, yes, I saw you do that. Uh, but um, when I rewatched the pilot, mm-hmm. because if you watch the pilot, I, Rita's a bit different. She's much more skittish and kind of like um, awkward that way. But when I watched the pilot, I was like, oh, I know where to go with this. And Martha and I had a meeting. And Martha was like, listen, you are not who I thought was going to be this role. You were not at all the girl that I thought that I was going to cast for this. So we need to really come together and write for you. And and I had an idea, and she had the same idea. And Buddy the Elf, Elf was my inspiration because he just really believes in everything. You know, yeah. he's so genuine and and kind and like. Maybe it's over the top and a little much, but it's come from a place of love. It is, <laughs> and I love. You know, I, I mean, that <laughs> with again, with us being a Christmas family, that's one of our favorite movies to watch. You know, and I mean, just the scenes where Will Ferrell is, you know, sitting there, he's like, he's like, uh, he asks if um, he goes, can can I have uh, syrup on my spaghetti? She goes. Uh, syrup. He goes. Does it have sugar? She goes. Yes. He goes. Then yes. You know. What I mean, everything yeah. about him is just every, everything in his core is genuine, and everything. Yeah. And there's that innocence about him, but yeah. you know that he throws everything about you know, you know everything that he loves, everything that he believes in. He just throws himself in, uh, mind, body, and soul. Yeah. So that and yeah. that's something we. You, you can see with Rita, with the way she talks to every single uh, member of the Postable team, um, anyone that she interacts with, and to the altar when she's at the um, the seamstress, and she's talking to her about, you know, the dressmaker, and she's talking to her about everything, and everything about the way you portray that character is brilliant, um, and you see uh-huh. that thought, you know, you see... Th- uh, that inspiration come through, that genuineness come through. Oh, so that's yeah. really, really, you know, we absolutely love it. Yeah, I would say the scene that I feel is most Rita-ish is when Will Ferrell walks into the Seattle's best coffee or New York's best coffee, and he's like, you did it! <laughs> like, what? Congratulations! You have the best coffee in the world! Like, I love that scene. And then he's, he's like, like, let's yeah. get the world's best coffee! Congratulations! It's <laughs> like, what? That's just a sign. And, and then he's like, yeah. yeah, good, good for you. And then he walks out. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, again, that is, and I'm not going to be able to watch that that scene the same way because I'm just going to take Will Ferrell out and just see Rita come in and be like, that is so amazing. You guys did a great job. Rita would do the exact same thing. And then uh, along with that, uh, something that Tosh and I absolutely love on Science Seal Delivered, we we call it background dialogue. Um, You know, you always see everything in the forefront. You, You know, the characters will be talking, but... Right. With with the the directors, they capture it perfectly in the background. You guys will you know will be out of focus a little bit, and you'll you know something will happen in the foreground, and then whether it's Eric and Kristen in the background with you and uh, Jeff in the front, or vice versa, we'll see you guys kind of lean over and just kind of whisper something to each other, or you'll like grab Jeff's arm and be like, and then his character will react. My question is. Do you guys actually pl- like plan what you're saying, or is it just a all right? We'll just act like we're talking no. in the background. Or... <laughs> yeah, we don't plan anything. And usually, what we're actually saying in the background is like, "Do I have something in my teeth? Did you look at my teeth? You didn't look. Did you just look at my teeth right now." <laughs> or like, "God, my underwear is up my butt. I gotta pull it out." You know, things like that is probably what we're actually saying back there. You know, just That's... ridiculous stuff. That's hilarious. Um, there's something. There's here's a funny tidbit. I'll tell you guys that I love this story because it's still in the pilot and and Martha never caught it. <laughs> I could never hit my mark in the beginning. Like never hit my mark. Okay, so your mark is where you where you have to land. Right. Because the lighting is all there and, and it but where the camera is. And I just sucked at that. I still suck at it. Sorry, playing. It's um, okay. So in the pilot, when he says Shane, Shane, and it goes after her, there's a moment where you see us in the background, mm-hmm. kind of between them. And you see me standing here, and then all of a sudden you see this. <laughs> and it's because Jeff goes like this and puts his hand behind my back and goes, Psh. he's uh, like, you're not on your mark, and pulls me over. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm not on my mark. I need, oh, to, wa- I I need to go see that. It's, you'll see it. It's hilarious. And when I watched the pilot, I was like, oh, my God, they kept it. They didn't notice that Jeff was like, oh, come over here. That's... Now you're on your mark. That's so funny. Um, 
the, there was uh, there was another uh, scene, and I, I can't remember which episode it was, but uh, there was a scene where it was Kristen Booth and Eric. They were talking, and it was a real serious scene. Um, and I think it may have actually been uh, to the altar because uh, in 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 the scene. Uh, Rita and Norman, they turn around and they start walking away. Like Rita's like, because Norman wanted to stay and just talk. And he, she's like, no, c- c- just come on. So you guys are walking off and you you kind of just lean over. And the way Jeff acts it is like a, oh, like 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 a realization. Again, though. They, they were at the lake. It was when they were in the, traveling across. Oh, in the RV. Yep. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, oh, like I was giving them some time. Yes, yes, like yes. we got yeah, and <laughs> yeah, like dude, get a clue. Yeah, I, I yeah. again, a lot of the stuff that you guys do, a lot of this, um, just the acting, um, something that we've said almost every episode is there's a lightning in a bottle with this show because mm-hmm. from jump from the pilot, it's it, mm-hmm. with a lot of shows, it takes a while for the characters to click for the chemistry, yeah. the chemistry to really go through from jump. You guys were hitting your, it's funny you say hitting your marks. You guys were hitting your marks every single episode uh, from the beginning and yeah. you fall in love with these characters. Um, and I'm pretty sure that's why you look at um, uh, Twitter and the hashtag postables and you see how uh, feverish <laughs> all of us are to, you know, wanting to get the show to come back. Um, I know. You know, and we we love how I will say that, and we said this, we both said this when To the Altar was done. We're like, it feels like they're buttoning everything up for the most part. Like all, (laughs) like everything is having this finality to it. We hope there's more, but uh, you you know, because of course, I hope there's more too. I mean, nobody nobody knows. So I mean, I it's so weird. I don't know. I mean, maybe the higher ups, but I don't. I don't. I'm not sure. I have no idea. I think. The thing that Martha does is you'll notice actually at the end of every kind of chunk of movies, Martha never wants to leave the audience feeling like they were left without some sort of payoff. Mm -hmm. So she'll purposely tie things up Mm -hmm. at the end of each segment, just in case, or just in case she gets busy and she has to do other things, which her, she's crazy busy right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So she never wants to leave her audiences. She always believes in giving them, you know, some sort of closure. So I think that's why you're feeling that. But if you look back on the other, the endings of all the other chunks, mm-hmm. you'll see that it, you could have technically said this was tied up at those places too. Okay, right. Um, and she does that on purpose because she really doesn't want to leave. You know, be, she still has to make decisions on what's going on and where it's going. But Martha's a master writer. She's I mean, a really she good storyteller. And she still has left lots open. I mean, you know, obviously we want to see those two get married. I can't imagine us not seeing those two get married that would be crazy but you know i'm not i'm not in charge i don't do the order (laughs) i'm curious with with um the you said you didn't really connect with the pilot once you sat Mm -hmm. down with martha and you rewrote that did is that when you really connected with that role or did it take some more episodes yeah no it was immediate i just needed to see it i just needed to see rita because i never played anything like rita it was really um I just didn't think I could. I was like, I'm not funny. Nobody's going to like what I do. Like, I'm not, this is not something that people want to see me do. Um, and when I saw the character, I was like, oh, I know what I need to do with it. I know what I, I can make truthful, which is, you know, I have a, a pretty big heart in, in real life. That's who I am. And I really try to always see the best, best, best in people, even to a fault. So I, I'm, that I understood. Um, and so bringing that into Rita made total sense for me. I was like, okay, I'm going to go. I understand that's who Rita is. Mm-hmm. She's just super naive and hasn't really, you know, experienced the world the same way. Or she just has, you know, held back and, and, and observed that's who she is. And so, you know, falling in love and all that stuff is still new for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of people that I think relate to that and are the same way. That's what I love about Norman and Rita, especially on the Hallmark Channel, because... I mean, everybody's beautiful on TV all the time, but everybody's gorgeous. You know, you like you watch a homework, you're like, not everybody. It's, you know, but Norman and Rita have a uh, are unique. They're very different, um, and I don't see actually. I really don't see people like Norman and Rita to be that uh, very often on the network. And I think that's what's really cool about them because it it reaches and people that don't have anyone to relate to that are like, oh, I totally get Norman. I would yeah. never go up and talk to her. I didn't even know she liked me for like five years. You yeah. know, I had no idea. <laughs> 
So we we offer that as a, as characters to people yeah. to see themselves and feel understood. Yeah. You know, I think uh, for me, Norman is a character that I that I relate to. Um, just from yeah. fr- from a from a nerd standpoint, from uh, being a little bit clueless at times, um, from yeah. also uh, just having these. Uh, just little quirks that Jeff throws into that character as well. And yeah. again, something that I mentioned almost every episode as well is Jeff's acting when it comes to uh, really wanting to rip your heartstrings out is, mm-hmm. I mean, he's great, great comedic actor. But then when it comes to yeah. saying, hey, look, uh, you guys need to cry because I'm about to turn it up to 11. <laughs> um, and he does. Yeah. And it's just absolutely amazing. And Kristen said that he's really hilarious on set. And he really, yeah. you know, and he, he's just really good like that. Um, but again, just seeing those, she said that she was, you know, looking at the dailies uh, in the um, uh, the episode. Actually, it was the pilot. Uh, oh, wait, was the pilot the one with the spoons? Or was that the episode no, after? That was the episode after. Yes. Um, um, and when he finds out that the lady with the stamps passed away, and she said she was just mm-hmm. watching that, and she was just, like, crushed, you know? And you yeah. know, so, again, he's really, really good. And you had mentioned that uh, you really hadn't done anything comedic before uh, Signed Sealed. Um, now, I was looking at your IMDb profile. <laughs> yeah. And Rita is very different than everything else you do. <laughs> This is what I'm saying. I'm like, the, you know, when I that's why when I got when I got the breakdown, I was like, did you send me the wrong side? Said, no, they want to see you. And I'm like, why? I'm like, she's like, they wanted to see. You. I mean, they kept me on Monday. We went to camera on Wednesday. Wow. Because they had searched everywhere. They, you know, a friend of mine actually tested for it like six times. So they were really, really, really searching to find just the right match and and to pair with Jeff. Well, and Jeff and I um, have a history together. We've known each other since we were in high school. Oh wow. Uh, you know, we've. Yeah, we went to the, we grew up in the same small town, um, and oh. and we did Primeval together, which was the other series that I was on. So we have a history, and we have we we have very good chemistry. It's just enough. I mean, he drives me crazy, and I drive him insane. But we also <laughs> love each other. Like it's a like there's nobody. He said he goes, you know, you really summed it up when you said this last time. But there's nobody that I can like be like, just drive to make my day, and then be like, okay, I love you. Do you want coffee? Like we're that's our relationship. You know, it's like family. Mm-hmm. You know, we love and hate each other literally within five seconds, and. You know, and then he's like, I'm sorry, I love you. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I love you. Like, you so know, did that did that help you slip into that role then? If being that that, that was like he was there and it just made it easy, you know, it just made it comfortable. There was no, it's not like I didn't know him and I had to force it. I didn't have to, I was like, oh, it's Jeff, you know, and, and Jeff is so talented and so good. Um, but that, that was a little bit hard for me in the beginning because I was like, oh my God, he's so funny. I can't compete with his funny. And then I realized, oh, I don't try to compete with his yeah, funny. Right. Just do your own thing yeah. and compliment yourself. And then you two will compliment each other. And that, thank God I did that because that really worked, you know, because I can't, you can't compete with Jeff's funny. It's not, it's, nobody can. He, to me, he, he is one of those great comedians. Um, and if he wanted to be, would be at a level of, you know, Steve Martin and those kind of guys. I just, he's I totally see that. Just comfortable and happy where he is, <laughs> but he's that, he's that level now, uh, of, of an actor. Now, with uh, seeing how he does with comedic roles and things like that, I, I did see that you were uh, dabbling in improv a little bit. Uh, do you pull a little bit of that from, uh, you know, like vibing off of the other actors that you work with? Um, or was that something that you've always just kind of wanted to do, was just get in there and just kind of, you know, from the start, just start going? Oh, to because I'm starting doing improv, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? I, I have a I have this thing where I like to do things that terrify me, um, and and I'm I'm terrified of improv. I'm terrified of comedy. I'm terrified of stand up. So I'm gonna do them all, you nice. know. And I'm gonna take every class. And and I teach acting as well. And this is what I tell my students. I've been doing this for 20 years professionally. I'm very lucky. I've worked in many different films with some great, amazing people. I will never stop learning. I will never stop studying. I will never stop going and trying to be better because I'm an artist and art doesn't, there's no ceiling for art. You just want to grow mm-hmm. in that. So when I started with the improv, I'm going to keep doing it. I, I'm not good at it, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> I'm like, eventually I'll get better. Um, and yeah, I, I want to do the things that scare me the most because then once you do those things, you're like, eh, well, it's not that scary. I, I, I'm alive. I, I, right. I maybe didn't get as many laughs as I wanted, but nothing happened. You know, so, doing improv, you know, it's one of those things where the the big the biggest hurdle is stepping on the stage. 
you know, and well, actually, and actually saying, "All right, well, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I guess I'm gonna do this," and I'm out in front of everyone else. Well, I guess I have to now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and I have no script. Like, I mean, when we we did a little performance with my with the class that I went to, and I was like, before, I'm like, okay, well, should we, you know, should we run something? Should we pitch ideas? Like, well, how do you want to? And they were like, there isn't anything to pitch. There's no. That's not improv. Like, you you just have to get out there, and you guys can hang out, but there's no pre-planning. I'm like, oh. What? <laughs> but it, it's, it's a it's really a lesson in, in trusting your other actors and mm-hmm. communicating in ways that I didn't realize I could communicate in um, to try to get them to see where you're going with it. And then if they don't see where you're going with it, going, OK, doesn't matter. Let's turn this way. So it really shows you how to move and shift and change and not be so precious and stuck in your own idea. And I think that helps you in life. And you're like, OK, maybe this doesn't work. Maybe your idea works better. Let's just try your idea, you know, and, and that's the whole basis of improv is yes and. You're yes. always saying yes, and then what? You know, you mm-hmm. never say no. You don't shut someone down. You just try to add on to their great idea, and that's a pretty lovely place to be. And I think, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, does the improv? Uh, I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Does the improv make it easier for your roles then to be able to? Because everything is yeah. so spur of the moment with the the improv. Everything else is planned, yeah. and all your other characters. Yes. Yeah, I mean, because that's how I, I work as an actor as well. I, I always say I work from the body up, not the mind down. Actors work in all different ways. Um, and a lot of actors work from the mind down. So they'll, you know, they'll break down script, break down script, analyze, analyze, make choices, make choices. And then that's the choices that they have. And that's what they want to do. Um, whereas I work from the body up. So does Kristen. So, you know, I'll just read it over and over and over again. And I'll say the words a lot. And then I see where it goes. Mm-hmm. And then I make choices on like, oh, OK, that's actually not what it, you know, it's that I, I work from the body up. How do I feel during this moment? What does this feel like? If I'm listening, actively really listening to the other person, then how are they making me feel? And then I go from there as opposed to the other way. So um, improv is kind of, it's beneficial for me because it's already in the same world as how I work. Well, one of the things is, is, I mean, even with this interview and other interviews that I've, uh, I've listened to with you is you're very quick. So, uh, and you've also mentioned how, uh, you know, you're always analyzing the characters, uh, even when you're not even in an acting settings, like, well, what would they do? Or why are they doing this? You know, what's the motivation behind it? So I, that would work. That works perfect with improv, you know, because. Yeah. Kristen and I were driving recently and we were talking about somebody we knew and we're like, well, where do you, why do you think he's like that? What do you think it comes from? Like, maybe do you think it's because of his parents? You know, like and I started <laughs> laughing in the middle of this conversation. I was like, oh. Only actors, like only actors, if someone's being a jerk, you're like, but where do you think it comes from? Like, what's the root of the pain? Why are they doing I just, we just stopped and just laughed because I was like, this is such an accurate thing to do. That's- but yeah, we, I do that in life because I'm so curious. I always want to find out where, where those things really root from, you know, where, where anger comes usually from fear, you know, mm-hmm. what, and, and, and all these things. And then I don't, I really try to have empathy for people and, and that's how I work. That's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Now we're getting close to yeah. the end. We're we're here at the uh, tail end of the interview, um, and I uh, just wanted to ask a few more rapid fire stuff. Um, with uh, the uh, you know, all, I'm looking at some of your other roles that you've done. You know, you've been in multiple genres, whether it was uh, you know horror movies and being a scream queen uh-huh. a bit, um, to you know to uh, Hallmark and wholesome movies. Um, like you, we were just watching uh, one of your Christmas movies on Hallmark, um, and then you know also wonder where. Uh, I'll put your character politely as not nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, in the lull of uh, Sign Seal Delivered not being on, um, I did see and I retweeted uh, that you just uh, did uh, directed and produced The Curtain. Um, and did I just uh-huh. see that it just won, a, won an award as well? It's just won an... It's been in now, I think, 27 festivals. It's been an official nice. selection for over 27 festivals. We've won Best Short uh, in Naples. We won the Award of Excellence in the Canada Short Film Fest, which that's we just were awarded. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nominated for Best Director, oh. for Best International Director at the Independent Portland Film Festival. So it's been um, a great ride. And and Congrats. that short, it's good. Once it's done at Story, it's uh, Story Festival Circuit, then I can actually release it. So I'll put the link out so people can come and check it awesome. out. I think it kind of tells you the type of storyteller I am and the type of stories that I'm really drawn to. Really can't so, wait to see it because um, the buzz is really good. It's a really short good. film. It's only 17 minutes. So it's about two people that meet in a hospital um, and they never see each other because the curtain's drawn. But they open up to each other because the curtain's drawn. 
And, you know, when you don't see somebody, you can really, you relate to people in ways that you never thought I you would. I love the concept. I absolutely love the yeah, concept. It's, it's a great idea. It was based on a true story. The writer is Brenda Whitehall, and she based it on a, a story from a friend of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my producing partner in Vancouver, Ashley Alexander, who's amazing. She's my, she's my other hand. Um, <laughs> she helped me produce it. Right on. So it was a great experience. Really, really great. As soon as that, uh, as soon as you can release the link, uh, we'll definitely help push that because uh, that uh, it, it sounds amazing. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> that's really, really good. I know. I hope you guys enjoy. And I actually just shot. This is great. I just shot a short film with my husband, oh. who's a, who acted in it, who's not an actor. Nice. <laughs> so. We collaborated with um, a friend of ours, uh, and and yeah, we we did a short film together. There, it's not there's no dialogue in it, but it's um, I think it's really cool. It, it was such an amazing experience, and because he's not an actor and has never done it before, he was so brave, nice. you know, to just get on on camera and be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, what do I do? So <laughs> awesome. I'll let you guys know when that's available. Please do. Um, now, yeah. also now that we we are in the holidays um, uh, coming up, now is Christmas a big thing for your family? It is, yeah. I mean, my, the problem is my family's all over the place. So, mm-hmm. uh, like my my mom and my dad, uh, my stepdad, my dad uh, lives in Walla Walla, Washington. So they're all the way over there, and sure. then we're you know all over the place. We're kind of back and forth all over. Um, so we're trying to figure out if we meet in the middle. We always celebrate Christmas with them uh, early because they on Christmas Day like to just be by themselves and avoid all the traffic and all that and so it actually works out so we usually do Christmas with them like the 22nd or the you know 21st mm-hmm. we have our own Christmas we do our big thing and then on the 25th my husband is the oldest of 10 children so his Good family Lord. is very large <laughs> crazy, crazy. so the tree is like Christmas presents all the way up it's it's actually insane but a lot of fun and they throw a big party so we usually that's where we spend our uh, Christmas night with them. Kind of sounds like my grandmother's house when Christmas morning. Except for not ten. Not ten, not, not, not ten siblings, but the, the, the presents and the tree. I mean, it's you can't walk at all. You have to have no. like an assembly line to pass presents out to the kids. Um, it's, in, it's insanity. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. really quick, what would you say would be one? I'm putting you on the spot really quick. What would you say is one of your favorite Christmas movies? Well, Elf is 100%. Love Actually is my absolute favorite. I watch Love Actually every single Christmas. It's like a tradition. Yeah. Feel it in I my fingers. Every time. <laughs> Feel it in it's my just toes. <laughs> it's the best. <laughs> and you know what? The best the best part of that film is the beginning in the airport. Yes. It's my favorite scene of that whole. It opens the entire film. And what it says about, you know, people say the world is mean. But look, when you get to an airport, all you see is people hugging each other and loving each other. And that yes. is... I love, I love that the, so the, much. The bookends of that, and then with them showing everyone again, hugging at the very end with uh, God only knows playing uh, over it, is just like it, it just get. I mean, it's giving me goosebumps right yeah. now. Um, yeah. You know, and just the, there yeah. is one scene in that movie where it's uh, it's Alan Rickman is doing, you know, he's doing something nefarious, uh, but you have um, uh, his name just left, um, Mr. Bean. Um, you know who I'm talking about. Sorry. Hugh Grant? Uh, no, no, not Hugh Grant, um, but the guy who plays Mr. Bean, um, and his uh, name is... Uh, oh, oh, um, Ro- Roland. Rowan Atkinson. Um, yes. Seeing that, that scene where he's not saying anything, but he's filling the bag, yeah. and he's going like this, and there's no dialogue, it is, and then you see Alan Rickman, he's just like, I shouldn't be doing this. Come on, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. That scene is just yeah. brilliant, and it, it's... You would think that it was filler, but you just watch what he's doing, and it's just absolutely brilliant. That's a one of our favorite brilliant. movies. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say is uh, we asked this question of uh, Kristen la- uh, with her interview. Uh, speaking of love, actually, because it actually came up, uh, yeah. Alan Rickman came up because um, that was one yeah. uh, one of the, one of the actors that she wishes that she could have uh, acted uh, with. Yeah. And yeah. we actually came up with this theory that it would have been hilarious if, for some reason. Uh, Harry Potter's letter got lost, and the DLO actually ended up having to deliver that to him, and ended up at I Hogwarts. I would lie on the floor and cry of happiness if that happened. <laughs> if I get to go in Harry Potter's world, you know, my husband just started listening to the books on audio. He has to, he has a huge drive to work every morning, so he mm-hmm. always listens to book on books on tape doing this. And he's like, I'm gonna start listening to Harry Potter because you always talk about it. And he's so funny. He told me he goes, God. 
she's a really good writer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you think it's J.K. Rowling? I mean, this book did you know, this is how long did this take you to get attached to this book? He's like, she's good. I'm like, yeah, she's good. <laughs> I mean, those books are they're great. I hope that letter gets lost. You know, <laughs> I will go through the chimney. <laughs> I mean, we were, and, and we were saying we thought it would be hilarious if Shane had to deal with uh, Snape. <laughs> And then you can see Eric Mabius, or you can see uh, Oliver talking to uh, Dumbledore. Um, then, yes. and then you would uh, see. I mean, I can just imagine Norman having to deal with uh, the the Weasley twins. Um, yeah. And then, or the beasts. I'd way rather see Norman deal with all the beasts and oh, haggards. Yes. I'd love to see Norman try to figure that out. And I the, think he would be terrified to fall in love with them, you know, the big dogs. And, yeah. all that stuff. and we always thought it would be amazing if Rita had to end up speaking with. Um, uh, uh, wow, all the names are just escaping me right now. A McGonagall. Um, and ha you know, having like really, oh, professor? yeah, Professor McGonagall, yeah. and having you know, Rita and McGonagall just having like really, and they probably would think that with her photographic memory that she was, uh, that she was some type of wizard as well. So, anyway, <laughs> anyway not a muggle anymore, not a muggle anymore. So, thank nope. you so much for doing this interview. We really, really appreciate the oh, time you took. Um, and uh, obviously, we want to put out your social media. Um, uh, everyone can find you. Uh, you're one of the smart celebrities out that's got real crystal, you know, real crystal low and it across, blanketed across everything. So that's, that's yeah, pretty much where yeah. everyone can get you, right? Yeah, at Real Crystal Low is Instagram, Real Crystal Low is Twitter. Yeah, it was getting a bit confusing. And as much as I really appreciate people, you know, I pretending to be me, I guess, <laughs> it gets a bit strange because I'm like, I, I don't know if they're, um, fan pages or if they're pretending to be me and I have had one person pretend to be me and then tried to add me which I thought that's I'm probably not going to say yes to you because you're pretending to be me and then that's weird. why would I say yes why are people that's, weird that bizarre. I mean I really love uh, the fan pages people that are doing that I love that it's amazing it's uh, like the, I couldn't ask for a better compliment mm -hmm. but that part was weird I was like well you can't pretend to be me and then try to add me I'm probably not going to follow you that's bizarre I'm just going to follow myself <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, uh, Leanne Rhymes, with her Christmas movie that just came out, I was tweeting about it, and all of a sudden I get followed by someone that has the same profile picture. The name was off by just one letter, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Leanne Rhymes has followed me. Then I looked at, it, I was like, "Wait a minute!" And they're follow. You know, they're, I'm like, "Why do Leanne people?" Rhymes Z. Yeah, Rhymes Z. <laughs> I don't understand why people do it. People are weird, like you said. Um, I, you know, yeah. it's just an odd thing to do. But uh, again, if anyone wants to follow uh, Crystal Lowe on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, those are your main ones, yeah? Yes, yeah. Um, a real Crystal Lowe. Uh, you know, she has a, a bunch of projects that are coming out. Make sure that you guys check those out. Hopefully, we'll get to see more signs you'll deliver. But um, we also know that if, uh, if not, we will see more, uh, you know, you, you see more of you in the future. You'll see me, me following Kristen Booth around and you know, hugging her and cuddling her and eating dinner with her everywhere, all whenever I can. And um, my sister from another. You know, we we actually absolutely love seeing you guys. You know, doing uh, like the twelve week uh, weight challenge, that, which I heard that was actually yeah. Jeff's brother uh, that was running that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. So uh, you know, doing that and you know that friendship that's you know moved from screen to real life and seeing you guys really uh, interact, it's it, it, it's nice to see when people. I mean, it, this is gonna sound silly, but it's nice to see people actually get along. <laughs> oh no, she's like one of my best friends in on the planet, and we will be for the rest of our lives. So I, I'm so Science Shield did many things for me, but that was one of the most important things that it did for me. Oh, that is so awesome. So, and I yeah. can't wait to see the curtain and anything else you do because I'm an empathetic person. Obviously, I have a different view than a lot of people. And so yes. being able to see someone who, who tries to open the minds and hearts of people, is it, it makes my heart happy. So I can't wait to see more Aww. of your work. <laughs> Good, thank you. And, you know, that's really what it is. I, for me, I just... It, I feel like I was really fortunate growing up also being a mixed race too and really understanding that. So I was very much part of two worlds and that was totally normal, but I also experienced a lot of weird stuff being part of two worlds, yeah. you know, um, the, the real last, the real spelling of my last name is L O not L O W E. What's going to ask about that? I had to change that? my name to L O W E to, be, to appear more Caucasian. 
um, mm. because I couldn't get work and because people would go, well, you, you know, you sort of are Asian, so we can't match you up with families. So there was a lot of weird stuff that I experienced that I didn't even realize what yeah. that, what I was being told, yeah. you know, that, but now LOW is my name and it has been for years and I, I like it. So it's not changing, but, but the, the underlying message of that was change who you are because we don't want to see who you really are. We can't understand or accept you. And so there's all these weird messages that have been told to all of us that I don't even think we realize, yeah. you know? Um, and I think that's, that's something I'm trying to kind of unravel myself and then share with other people and see if we can unwind a bunch of the stuff. But, you know, I just watched some of the old Disney movies that I loved mm-hmm. and I'm like, what? Yeah, it, the, <laughs> one example is the Aristocats. The Aristocats with the little one of the musical oh, numbers with the Siamese cat, yeah. and he has the he has chopsticks, and he's like, you know, they did the whole stereotypical buck teeth and the yeah. squinty eyes, and I was just yeah. like, why are we watching? Well, this? and not if yeah, not, for me, not even not even just Disney movies. Some of the old Christmas movies that I love, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> oh my god, and because you know it was a different time, and yeah. people just didn't see things. But as we get, you know, as human race evolves hopefully we just are opening our eyes more so i just want to be a part of that Mm -hmm. and i want to do it with storytelling i really do like the storytelling i i know as an actor you're like oh what kind of difference do i make you make a huge difference because somebody is watching this and if i can affect one person that watches rita and says i get her she's she's like me and i feel comfortable now because there's somebody else like that on tv or in the world then that's like best gift I could ever have gotten and the best gift I can give. So as a director, I want to continue to pick scripts that, um, you know, really can push that. Uh, and also use uh, the, the incredible platform I've been given to to talk to people openly, loving me without judgment and just have these discussions, you know. Well, I and think, well, well, actors have been given a platform. I think that's also a thought process that needs to go to everyone because, you know, we're just husband and wife in the Pacific Northwest, but we try and make our corner of the world as happy and as positive as we can. And I feel like that gets lost on so many people. And so I totally agree with that. And and I hope that more people try not, not just actors, just normal moms, normal dads, normal people try and yes. make the world a better place. <laughs> well, one of the beautiful yeah. things... I we don't know who you're affecting next door. Well, one of the things that I love is... I mean, I love and hate about the era that we're in. You know, everyone... With social media, everyone has a platform. Everyone has mm-hmm. the ability to say, speak their mind. Some people use it for bad reasons. Some people use it to uplift. And I mean, something that, like she just said, you know, we're just a just a couple in the Pacific Northwest, you know, that are slightly fish out of water because the town <laughs> that we live in, it's funny because you, <laughs> when we first moved here, I would walk down the street and, I, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of Arrested Development, um, but, you know, whenever I... I, I know it, but I, I don't watch it a lot. Okay, well, whenever I would see another black person i was like there are dozens of us you know but i would look and we would kind of give each other like a little a, like a knowing nod <laughs> like you, you and me you, you we're the only ones here man we gotta stick together yeah yeah um but yeah but you know when we get out and we do like for instance this show and i'll put out an episode and then i'll see tweets and retweets and then i'll see someone saying you know i was having a rough day and i put this on while i was at work and i just had it playing in the background and it just made me smile and it made me happy, mm-hmm. you know, one of the hashtags for this episode, for the show is happy bubble, because, you know, th- there's so much dark going on out in the world that sometimes you just need to get, yeah. in a, sometimes it's nice to be, it's, it's not ignoring what's going on, but sometimes it's good to just rejuvenate in a happy bubble, to be able to have that yeah. uplifting. Yeah, and to remember that, you know, you, you, you're allowed to rejuvenate too, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's really important, I have to remind myself that, like, I'm allowed to just stop for a second and you know breathe and then look for spend an entire day looking for all the good just spend one day and my husband practices this he's a little harder time than i do (laughs) you know see everything positive in that day and every time you could just one day and if you catch yourself saying i don't like this you know eggs are running and this is it stop and go no you know what i have eggs today oh my god i'm so lucky to have these eggs they're delish and then you go, oh, yeah, these, I also have coffee. Oh, my God, I love coffee. Coffee's amazing. You know, I had a pot. I have an, I have an extra piece of bacon in the fridge. It's amazing. I didn't yeah. think I had that. So just one day out of your, just for yourself, to just see everything positive. 
it will it will change the rest of your week. Mm-hmm. And then you can go back to being grumpy and hating everything then. But you know, give that give yourself the time to to remember that flowers grow and that's for them and we are, you know, walking outside. And I don't like to say, you know, people have less, so we should be grateful. It's more that we should all be just grateful, you know, for one thing every day. Yeah. And even people with less are grateful for something, you know. So that's it just helps us cope and carry on. Yeah. I have a friend actually. I have a friend right now that's actually going through something very similar, and she's like, "Look, you know, I don't, you know, I may not have much, but you know, I, I'm, I'm awake, I'm breathing, I love my daughter, I, I actually have a job that I can get in the car, that I have a car to be able to drive to, and then be able to go to work. You know, I'm able to keep moving. I'm able to move forward, not backwards." Um, so yes. that is something that I really think well, that w- that's become an important part for us with me being sick for so long. Yeah. You have to take those yeah. things that you took for granted before or not those things you took for granted before, but you took all these things for granted before. And when mm-hmm. you lose those, you learn to be a real grateful for everything you do. Yeah. have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you forget how wonderful the thing. And I think children do that too. When you're around children, they really, remind you of like yeah. look at the plane oh yeah planes are awesome <laughs> you know like they, they i forgot oh flowers yeah they smell really pretty isn't that awesome like you forget when you see when you're surrounding yourself with kids and they see things for the first time you're like oh yeah i forgot because i've been told by you know commercials and i've been told by books i've been told by magazines that i need all these other things to be super super happy and that's just not true yeah. you don't actually need all those things that ferrari will make you happy for an hour Mm-hmm. Maybe a month, <laughs> but you know it's not going to be happy forever. You know, and that's why we see all these big people, you know, with lots of money and things, but they seem really unhappy. Yeah. And it's because that doesn't—it doesn't come from the stuff outside; it comes from here. So we have to find ways to. And I think just gratitude, the daily gratitude for one thing, you know, is is can help everybody carry on yeah. better. What? And and that attracts more mm-hmm. gratitude attracts more gratitude for other people you know when i walk down the street i always try to look at least two people and smile and say hi good morning and they're always like oh oh good morning you know and, uh, that that goes that keeps going it's a ripple effect yeah i think just really quick ending on what you were saying piggybacking on that is a prime example is you know a lot of people don't like shoveling snow they think that it's a chore, you know, right. shoveling snow. Yeah, like, they, they, they don't like, you know, oh, right. do that. and me personally, I don't mind it. But yesterday I was outside, you know, we got a pretty nice dump. Um, so I'm out there shoveling the snow and my son, uh, or, or our son, I should say, um, he's six years old. He comes outside and he's like, can I, you know, come out too? So I'm out there, you know, and I'm, I'm sweating, I'm, you know, shoveling snow. And he's running up behind me with his shovel, throwing snow at me. And it's like, people are taking the time, you know, people think, I got to shovel snow, but you could be having a snowball fight, you know? So, uh, you know, I just posted a video uh, and a picture to go along with it of him throwing snow at me and it goes in slow motion. And then the picture uh, next to it is snow all in my face. You know, you, 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 you take the time to look at your situations differently and it can make you can realize you realize that it's you know yes some situations are terrible but not all, they don't always have to be bad you know well and you have the choice to you have a you do have i think people feel like they lose control mm. you know they they've lost control and the work and their life is running them and it's not you have a choice in every moment to make a decision am i going to get angry at him go stop throwing that snow or am i going to stop and be like you know what, I'm just going to go with you in this and we're going to make some snow angels and we're going to laugh about it. It's going to be a great memory for my kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's, and there's times where you won't, we're humans, so we cannot be perfect all the time, obviously. And sometimes the, the, the dark takes over. But if you can just choose to do one thing where mm-hmm. you're like, I'm just going to stop and breathe and make the other choice, which is to laugh. Yeah. This would make my day better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so why wouldn't I try to make my own day better? Well, you know, I think that's a perfect, uh, perfect stopping point. Um, we, 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 we eased into the happy bubble and I think we're just going to go ahead and just harness that right there. Well, and I also right. think on that note that our choices of how we choose to react to things, not only impact us, but impact our children and impact those around us because yeah. then we're the example yeah for yeah. how you handle difficult things. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it, it helps yeah. get that next generation yeah. uh, in a good temperament, yes. you know, as opposed <laughs> to just being angry all the time. <laughs> So yeah, absolutely. everyone, thank you so much for watching this episode of uh, DLO after the show. We really hope you enjoyed the interview. Um, we are looking forward to uh, after the break, after, you know, uh, Christmas, 
uh, really uh, getting back into the episodic shows. Um, we do have, uh, we're trying, I mean, uh, if you're listening to this in the future, um, we th- today is the 2nd of December. We're trying to get Eric Mabius on before his Christmas movie debuts on the 9th. Not sure if it'll actually happen, but we will give it. That's yeah, next weekend. That's yes, next weekend. So <laughs> we're, we're going to have to be, uh, it may have to be, a, so the show is out and let's talk about it. Um, but uh, we look forward to doing more episodes for you guys. Thank you so much, Crystal, for being uh, a, a, a great, great uh, interview. Uh, we It's been l- wonderful to talk with you. Absolutely. We love your work. Nice to speak to you as well. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Anytime. And do you, is there anything you want to say to the Postables? Postables, I love you. You guys know all of you up there. I just... Um, I'm always in awe of you. I'm so grateful for you. And I love the friendship that you guys have, have created and the safe spaces that you've created for people. I I have sent people to the postables that have felt like they were in need of, of a support. And you've really created a support group. And as, as much as Science Field is very important, what's more important is what you've created. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that zone that you've given yourself and the people in your community to just feel like they have somebody to talk to. Um, I'm so grateful for you guys. Yeah, you, we most certainly are as well. We stumbled upon the. We've loved the show since it started. Uh, we stumbled upon the postables uh, before uh, the the movie before to the altar. And next thing you know, I mean, my Twitter blew up with everyone welcoming yeah. us. So it was great. I mean, we ended up getting T-shirts. So yeah. uh, amazing, absolutely amazing group. Thank you guys so much for watching this episode yes. of DLO after the show, and we will talk to you on the next yeah. one. 